Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our second installment of our new introduced Shi'ur series on the book of Mishle, the book of Proverbs written by Shilomo Amelech. Tonight's Shi'ur is sponsored by Mr. and Mrs. Luis Atias in memory of his mother, Yocheved Atias, Tina Shatra, Bitra Haim, and in the words of Torah that we say tonight, bring an aliyah to her neshama. Amen. Last week we introduced the Sefer, and today we're going to continue that introduction because the first few Pesukim, as we talked about last week, actually Shlomo Melch is telling us what to expect in this book. What are we going to see in this book? What we, what we exposed last week was the intent in that we are seeking Chokhmah, and we briefly explained what Chokhmah was. And Lavin Imre Bina as well, the, the words of understanding to be discernible. Um, uh, we also spoke a little bit about Shlomo Amelech and, and his greatness and, and why he was privy to, to write this, this sefer. But today we are going to continue with that theme of what to expect in this sefer. And we are going to learn, Bezrat Hashem, uh, three Pesukim, uh, uh, Gimel, uh, maybe even four, Gimel Dalid Hey. And Vav, and uh, only next week, Bezrat Hashem, after we finish this introduction, we'll actually begin some of the parables, some of the proverbs that uh, that the multitude of proverbs that are mentioned in this sefer. But there's still amazing things to discuss today because Shlomo Melech, again, continuing this intro and what he wants his readers to know. It's always important, you know. You always read a preface to uh, to a book. You know, often that's the most important part of the book, is the introduction and the preface. Shlomo Melech's preface is the first six Pesukim. And he's telling us what you need to know, what to expect in this Sefer. And if you don't read these first six Pesukim, if you just jump to somewhere in the middle, you're going to lose, really, the crux, the nucleus of, of the Sefer. So, he continues in Pasuk Gimel. And that's where we are. For those that have a Tanakh, feel free to open a Tanakh. We are in Perak Aleph, Pasuk Gimel. Shlomo Melech says, Lakachat Musar Haskel, Tzedek Umishpat, Mesharim, Umesharim. In addition to the obligation to make known words of wisdom and discipline, which we spoke of last year, last week, sorry. Also, the purpose of this book is Lakachat Musar Haskel. Last Pasuk, it just mentioned the word Musar, which was discipline. And here it says Musar Haskel, which means to accept wise discipline. Wise discipline. We'll talk about this term. Tzedek is righteousness. Umishpat is justice. And Umesharim is fairness. This is what he writes in, in Pasuk Gimel. So to accept wise discipline, the Ebenezer writes, is to listen to the Musar, is to study the Musar, the discipline. You know, in Yeshiva, uh, although much of our day was involved in the study of Gemara and Halakha, it was very much encouraged that each one of us spend at least 15 minutes, better even 30 minutes a day, to study books of Musar. Uh, there are many books of Musar out there. We, we were studying that on, on Shabbat, Mesilat Yesharim, uh, until uh, last summer. And uh, there's, that's just one example. Derech um, Hashem is another one. Of course, 
and countless of Sifrei Musar, words of wise discipline to, to lead you on the right path, to ensure that you stay on the right path. So the Eben Ezra says, this is what's meant in this Pasuk. Lakachat Musar Askel means to accept that a person has to listen to the Musar from whoever you're hearing it from and to study it uh, as well. Uh, Musar Haskel, Haskel comes from the Lashon, uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Yonah explains, from the Lashon of intelligence. In, in, meaning that a person needs to apply Musar intelligently and not foolishly. For example, if a friend was to make a certain request from you and the dictates of the Musar would seem to tell you to do otherwise, not to follow what your friend is saying, you have to analyze the situation. Analyzation is extremely important. Is this request that my friend is making uh, worth it for me to continue in that direction or not? Or if, is, it, is it something foolish that I would be doing or wrong that I'd be doing? Um, the Meiri writes an example about this. We have a mitzvah in the Torah of to return the property or a lost object of our brothers. It's a, it's a mitzvah written in Torah. If you see something that belongs um, to your friend, to your brother, you have to return it to him. There's a whole chapter devoted in Masechet Ba Metziah, the second chapter, just on this mitzvah. It's a very big mitzvah. In fact, you're not even allowed to hide your eyes. Oh, I didn't even see that object. I'm sorry. And, and just run away. No, no. You have to pick up the object and you have to uh, you have to return it. But there are certain situations where we're commanded, the Gemara talks about it, not to return the object. For example, if, the, if a person was to find a lost animal or a lost object in a cemetery, and the person that found it is a Kohen, and a Kohen cannot enter a cemetery because you become Tameh, so it's forbidden for that person, to, for a Kohen to enter cemetery, become Tameh as a result of the lost, lost object. Or if it's a distinguishing individual whose, whose, dis, whose dignity does not allow him to, um, to lead even his own animal through the street, let alone someone else's animal. Um, or if someone would suffer a great financial loss by returning that animal. So then he's not obligated to return it. So therefore, everything re requires... Um, the the importance or the ability to analyze situations and how to go about things. That's called Musar Haskel. That's called wise Musar. Um, the Malbim says that, it takes a step deeper, that Musar Haskel, the difference between Musar and wise Musar is that there are two levels when it comes to fear of God. The first level is Yirata Onish. I fear punishment. I fear punishment. I don't want to do this because I'm afraid of this. I'm going to. I'm not going to eat chametz on Pesach because there's a punishment of karet. And karet, I know, I was taught in school, karet is a horrible punishment. Cut off my soul. No, no, I'm not interested. So I'm not going to eat chametz on Pesach. That's yirata onesh. It's a good level. It's a good level. It's not the level of ahava, but there's that's the lower level of yirat, yirat Hashem is fear of punishment. The higher level is that called Yirata Romemut. Yirata Romemut is fear based on the understanding of God's existence based in comparison to our limited existence. Uh, so, so Musar Haskel is that idea of Yirata Romemut. For example, I may know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is 
you know, created the universe. I can see God's greatness in the universe. But I can't for one moment understand an iota of how that works, on what exactly he's doing. That's the Yirat Romemut, that what happens everywhere is, is solely in the hands of God, and that he is in control of everything. And we, have, we cannot fathom any of that. That's Yirat Romemut. So that, that concept of Yirat Romemut, which is this fear of, based on this understanding of God's greatness, it's considered in connection to the Musar Haskel, which is the wise discipline that we're, in, uh, that we're seeking when studying this book. Tzedek umishpat umesharim, righteousness, justice, and fairness. Righteousness, Rashi says, is simply the giving of tzedakah, the giving of charity. So in order to bring yourself to wise discipline, to Musar Haskel, you gotta give, you got to give charity, you got to do good deeds. Justice, Rashi says, judging truthfully. And fairness is compromise. Compromise. A, a, a smooth, straight path where we achieve a, a sense of, of, uh, of balance. You know, David Amelech also in Tehilim, says something similar where he says, Oseh mishpat Kadosh Baruch Hu is one who administers uh, justice and charity. How does that work? How can HaKadosh Baruch Hu give din, which is judgment, justice, and charity? So the Gemara Masechet Sanhedrin solves this contradiction. And he says, um, and the Gemara says that, uh, in the name of Rabbi Yeshua ben Korha, that this refers to a judge, whether it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu or a human judge of flesh and blood, a judge's obligation to attempt compromise. Okay? Compromise takes justice, and that justice now becomes tempered by, by charity. You know, compromise may be easier said than done. Again, I look around the world today and I see everything but compromise. I don't see any compromise. I just see justice or lack of justice. Um, sometimes it's important for a person to just stop, take a deep breath and ask themselves, what, what should I be doing over here? This person, again, we mentioned this last week, this person died and he shouldn't have died. But does that mean I got to take strict justice and burn buildings down and I got to loot and I got to steal and rob from stores? Is that the correct approach? Justice! Is that really justice? Or do we take compromise? Is there, There's ways to go about things. And unfortunately, when you look around watching news, the, the, the one thing we lack is a compromise. Is the, is, the, is the mesharim, the straight path that a person has to has to aim for. That's how Rashi interprets the um, those three words of tzedek umishpat mesharim. Mesharim being the last one, that balance between the tzedek umishpat. Rabbi on, Rabbeinu Yonah says differently. He says that tzedek, or charity, or righteousness, is doing things beyond the letter of the law. We call this in Hebrew doing things lifnim mishurat adin. I don't have to do this, but I will do it because it's the right thing to do, even though I'm not obligated. Those are usually the people that are good. Good people always look in the future and say, and take that extra step. And you're always going to find those, those people advocating against them and saying, well, why? You don't have to do this. Why are you going to waste your time? Why are you going to continue this? Why do you have to do that? Why do you have to go to another shear for yeah, you already learned in the morning. You already learned. You got to go another shiur. You know what? You're always going to find those people. 
Those people, we, those people, Rabbi Yonah says, are the middle group, the mishpat, justice. I have to do what I have to do. This is, I work from nine to five, and not a minute before nine, and not a minute after five. The tzedek is the guy who's lifting Meshurat Adin. I know I only work from 9 to 5, but I know that if I come in half an hour early, I can spend another half an hour with my family at home, so to speak. All right? So he does think lifting Meshurat Adin. That's a concept of tzedek. And Mesharim, <coughs> Mesharim, again, is that <coughs> acting in that balance where in, in situations where, um, where, you know, you, you use both to, to your advantage. Sometimes it's important to use justice. I got to end at five o'clock. All right. That, because uh, this is important to me. This this takes precedence. And sometimes you act. Uh, there are those that explain that these three words actually correspond to a person's behavior or the way he acts in this in this world towards the uh, the three bodies, for lack of a better term. Tzedek, charity, righteousness, would be corresponding to our divine service, our connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Whenever it comes to things HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we always have to be in the mindset of tzedek, of righteousness. I got to do the most. I got to buy the best etrog. I need to I need to talk as least as possible in shul. I got to have the most kavana. I'm going to pray as early as I can. Tzedek. Lifni meshurat adin, that's tzedek, when it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When it comes to a person's uh, relationship with man and his fellow man, that is, uh, that's mishpat, that's justice. That's how a person should rule when it comes between his fellow man. And then you have mesharim, fairness. Fairness, or that balance, is in reference to himself, his relationship to himself, his character traits and behavior. You know, it's funny that, um, that there's no commandment. We speak so much about midot and the character traits. But there's no commandment in the Torah to actually work on our midot or have good midot. All we're told is in the Pasuk, that we should walk in his ways, obviously in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But there's no commandment to develop a person's character traits. So Chaim Vital, the, the great uh, 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 student of the Arizal, he writes um, uh, a reason for this in his Sefer, Sharek Tushah. And he says, because the reason why there's no command in the Torah to have character traits is because the character traits are the foundation of the Torah. It precedes the Torah. In Torah, without the character traits, the, the, the fulfillment of the Torah becomes impossible. in Torah. So it's not necessary for the Torah to mention explicitly that we have to work on our happiness and we have to work on not getting angry. You know, imagine a person contracts someone to build him a home and uh, they agree on a price and this is the price that is going to be uh, at the end of the day and upon completion when it's all done the contractor comes to the man and says okay this is what you owe me the guy says what are you talking about i we we, we settled this we, we settled this at the beginning i paid you everything that needed to happen so he says no i had to add a fee for the foundation the foundation of the home so the guy goes crazy. What are you talking about? Foundation of the home? A feeling foundation? It's understood. The foundation's included. So again, there's no need to specifically state the, the, or, or address uh, uh, this uh, the mitzvah of character traits. It's the foundation of the Torah. Without it, we can't even move a step forward. So that's the Mesharim, is the, is the character traits that we work on ourselves, finding that, that perfect uh, balance, which we're going to get to soon. 
Um, according to the, the Gaon Mevilna, I said last week that we'll be speaking a lot about the Malvim and the Gaon Mevilna. He says, Musar Haskel, which we've so far translated as intelligent, um, in, in, intelligent discipline, wise discipline, he takes the word Haskel and uses it differently. And he says that the word Haskel is in relation to the word Maskil. Maskil is successful. The custom of many Moroccans uh, during Havdalah is to say a pasuk before the actual Berachot. And the pasuk we say is, Vahi David lechol derachav maskil v'ashem imo. And David was successful in all his ways. So the Vilna Gaon says that this pasuk in Mishlei that we're learning right now is actually the whole purpose of the, of the book. That a person succeed in inculcating the Musar that he's learning. How do you succeed in Musar? It's measured by his traits of righteousness, his traits of justice, and his traits of uh, fairness. Tzedek refers to that ability to show kindness and, and, and tzedakah toward others, but that's not Musar Haskel. Musar Haskel by itself is not a formula for life, because at times you can't be totally giving, and at times you can't be totally uh, acting with justice. Tzedek, he's, the Vilna Gaon says that Tzedek and Mishpat are actually not the way to achieve Musar Haskel. The way to achieve Musar Haskel is finding the balance Mesharim, is when you use Tzedek and Mishpat to get to Mesharim, it's connected. Tzedek, Mishpat, Umesharim. It's one. It's the fairness that a person uses to balance the two extremes. Uh, the middle path, only using the proper mixture, that's when a person will succeed. I don't have to remind you, but for those that don't know, the famous Rambam in Hilchot Deot that states that people possess different character traits. And some people are very hot-tempered. They lean towards getting angry most of the time. Some of those are the exact opposite. They have a more calmer temperament. Um, uh, and they're, and they're, ra they're rarely angered. Some people are more giving. Some people are stingy. And the Rambam says it is important that a person has to find that middle path. When is it time? When is it right to be stingy? And when is it time to give? A person is poor, you have to give. But you're not going to give money to a person who's a rasha or a person who's, uh, who's going to take that money and use it to gamble. That would be ridiculous. A person needs to find the right path. And if he finds himself extremely angry, in order to get to that middle path, he has to move to the opposite extreme, which will balance him out. This is a famous Rambam brought down in Hilchot Deot. This is what's being hinted to, alluded to in our, in our Pasuk. According to the Vilna Gaon, it's finding that middle path of Midot. That was Pasuk Gimel. Pasuk Dalit and Hay explain all the types of people that will benefit from studying this book. From the wisest people to the most foolish. Pasuk Dalit says as follows, Latet liftaim umzima. To provide the simple ones with cleverness, and to provide a youth with knowledge and design. Shlomo HaMelech taught these proverbs and these parables to enable, start with the simpleton, to the simple one, to enable the simple one to, to acquire clever wisdom. This is what Rashi says. Now usually the word Orma is has a negative connotation to it. But there are times where Orma actually means Cleverness, and that's how Rashi uh, interprets the word Orma here. Um, now, the general, 
the general category of Chochmah has probably many uh, subdivisions, let's, let's call it. Um, two of which are, in this Sefer, are represented by the Chacham and the Arum. The Arum. Who's the Chacham? The Chacham is a person who studied and incorporated all the knowledge that he acquired. The Arum is a shrewd individual. He's a shrewd person. He uses persuasion and sweet talks other people to do things wrong. However, there's a positive aspect to an Arum. Because if the Arum happens to be a good person and he's shrewd enough to recognize someone else's evil designs, he can actually help other people. And specifically, the petty, the simple one, liftaim, the, to the simple, the simple individuals, because these people are easily persuaded. Why? Because he's considered like a tam. He's considered a simple, straightforward. He lacks shrewdness. And the study of Mishle can really help this individual who is simple if the person who is providing the Musar, not only, of course, if he's a Chacham, but even if he's shrewd, his shrewdness is necessary to withstand the Yetzirah, can help himself and can help others. Now, it's interesting because the word, we, we, we seem to be interpreting the word petty, simple, and tam uh, in, in, in one way, but they usually, again, give, give opposite connotations. We refer to Tom as someone that is, you know, great. Yaakov was Ish Tam Yosef O'Alim, right? So he was straightforward. The word petty, simpleton, is usually a, it's a less complimentary term. So why are we equating the two over here? Um, so like all character tra traits, and again, I'll repeat this over and over again as long as we have to, a trait which is generally negative could be positive when it's used in the proper way. Um, straightforwardness is that trait, is the positive side of simplicity. You know, there's a Midrash that says on the Pasuk, that we're going to see later on in this book, there's a Pasuk in Mishlei that says, Peti Yamin Kol Davar. Peti Yamin Kol Davar means, a simple person believes everything. He believes anything. If you if you fast forward to Perk Yudalad, you'll find it. A simple person believes anything. The Midrash writes, you know what that Pasuk is referring to? Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu being the simple person. Why? It was compared to Moshe Rabbeinu before HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the Torah because he possessed a simple faith as the prerequisite to accept the Torah. To accept the Torah, all you need is a simple faith. Just bring it on. I'm good. I'm not going to make life complicated. If God was to present the Torah to all the Greek philosophers or Aristotle or all uh, or all the other people that, that think so uh, deeply and profoundly and all the other great philosophers that this world has seen, they would have brought countless proofs to, to show and to demonstrate that it was not really a, a godly revelation. They would have brought other things, you know. But Moshe Rabbeinu had that straightforwardness. He was simple enough to say, I'm here, and I'll accept the Torah, no matter what it says. This is this is my desire. That was his role at the time. And only afterwards did Moshe Rabbeinu actually study the Torah, learn what was in it, and then, which gave cleverness to his to to, to the others around him. Um, Lenar, Pasu continues, Da'at umzima. Lenar, a youth with knowledge and design. 
Uh, Rashi and the Vilna Gaon say the Na'ar here is a person who is void of all Chochmah. He has no knowledge whatsoever. And because he hasn't studied anything at all. So therefore these, these uh, proverbs, these parables are going to provide him with the knowledge he needs and uh, the counsel and the advice in order to go through life. Um, a youth often acts without knowledge and forethought. And uh, sometimes you need these parables, like I said last week, you need these meshalim to help them dis- put it in simple terms for them in order for them to understand. Rabbeinu Yonah says that this pasuk is actually a continuation of the previous two. Once you've achieved chokhmah and Musa, and you gave it practical application to your own life, and you were able to teach yourself, and now you find yourself stable on the right path, now you are able to extend those teachings to others. Starting with the Na'ar. The Chachamim tell us in Baal Metziah, Keshot atzmecha be'achar kach keshot aharim. First, correct yourself, and then go and correct other people. The mitzvah of rebuke, or reproof, tochacha in Hebrew, applies mainly to a na'ar, or to a peti, to a youth, or to a simpleton. Um, but it doesn't apply to a letz, a scoffer, or a kesil, or a fool. Something we spoke about at the end of our perkei avot shi'ur. There are some people that are generally not open uh, to accepting contru- constructive criticism. They're not interested. And we said, Keshem shem mitzvah al adam lomar davar hanishma kach mitzvah shelo lomar davar sheno nishma. So just like it's a it's a mitzvah for a person to say something that will be accepted, so too is a mitzvah not to say something that it won't be accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, you don't reprove, you don't rebuke a fool. Or a, a scoffer, or a late, or a letzan, or a clown, or whoever, someone who jokes around, he's not going to listen to you. You're just wasting your time. He's, you know, but a na'ar, or someone, even if he's, he has no wisdom, who's not accustomed to sin, and he could be changed, those are individuals that you have to go out and, and, and give uh, rebuke to, and reprove them for, of, of their actions. Plus, a na'ar, someone who is young, also is admonished because you know, even if he's been accustomed to sinning, he's still young. He's still under the authority of his parents. He has superiors over him. He's going to listen to you, okay? And and he will respond to uh, punishment or, or the whatnot. Um, and the fact that he's still young gives us hope that he can get himself on the right path, uh, the path of Torah and uh, and Ma'asim Tovim. Um, but as Pasuk Hay is going to show us, the importance of lakachat musar haskel is not just for the na'ar, it's not just for the youth, and it's not just for the, uh, for the simple one. It's also for those who already have wisdom. Pasuk hey writes, Yishma chacham ve'yosef lekach. Let the wise man hear and increase his learning. Ve'navon tahbulot yikneh. And a discerning one may acquire its strategies. Now, even a chacham who has a deep uh, perception and understanding of Torah and mitzvot, whether he was taught, whether he, w- he learned on his own, he still can enhance his 
Chokhmah by the use of parables and by the use of the Meshalim that are found in this book. He will find additional Torah principles that are found embedded deep in these uh, Meshalim. Building blocks to help increase his Chokhmah to levels that he has uh, yet seen in his life. Um, uh, even the person who is a Navon, who already understands one from another, continues to build on the foundation that he's already made uh, made for himself. You know, the word Tachbulot that is mentioned in this Pasuk, Tachbulot, the Eben Ezra says, comes from the word Hevel. Hevel means a rope. And the Eben Ezra, quoting the Midrash, brings its own parable of a deep well filled with cool water, drinking water, but nobody was able to enjoy it because no one could reach the bottom of the well until one person came along and tied one rope to another rope to another rope to another rope and used it to draw up the waters to drink from that. Says the Meiri, based on this Midrash, the Navon also, he's able to combine one thought to another, the concept of Chokhmah to another, and is able to now access new ideas a new thought that he's never seen before. Uh, the Malbim, who uses the same parable of the rope into the well, says just like the rope is fashioned, is made with many strands wound together, so too the Navon is able to formulate his opinion using the many strands of uh, analogy and comparison. Last pasuk that we're going to do today, Lehavin Mashal Umlitza, Divrei Chachamim Vehidotam. To understand parable and melitza is the epigram or what is learned from the parable. Divrei Chachamim Vehidotam, the words of the wise and their enigmas. Um, a, a person can understand the Pesukim in this book in two ways. Using the mashal, the mashal is the object the parable, the concept which the metaphor seems to, seems to represent, and the melitza. The melitza is the metaphorical term itself. So here's an example brought down from the second chapter which we'll get to. There Shlomo HaMelech says that Chochmah will deliver a person from a strange woman. The exact pasuk is Meisha Zara to rescue you from a strange woman. Knowledge has the ability to rescue you from a strange woman. The mashal, that is the intent of the metaphor, is idolatry, is heresy. But the melitza, the metaphorical term that's used, is the strange woman. To what's used to convey the idea, to avoid a strange woman. Not only must a person clear or steer clear of idolatry and heresy in order to acquire chokhmah but also even the woman herself a strange woman an evil woman must also be avoided in order to acquire chokhmah so there's the mashal and then there's the melitza each parable can be understood on much more than one level and that's why the, the Sefer Melachim writes that Shlomo HaMelech spoke 3,000 proverbs. The truth is, if you were to count all the proverbs in, in the book of Mishlei, you're only going to find about 800. So how can the Pasuk say 3,000? The answer is because the, the Midrash writes there's different levels of understanding to each uh, each proverb. You can't, can't just take on the simple level. What's the Mashal? What's the Nimshal? 
What's the Chacham way of understanding it? What's the Navon way of understanding it? And that totals up to 3,000. Um, the Vilna Gaon says that the Mashal refers to the, is, alludes to the Torah Shebichdav, the written Torah. The written Torah, just like the, the superficial meaning of a metaphor is easily understood, but also encompasses something much deeper beneath the lines, so too, the Torah Shebichtav, when we say the Torah Shebichtav, especially the stories in Torah Shebichtav, there's so much happening behind the scenes. I can read the story of Adam and Chava and the snake and say, okay, you know, snake coerced Chava, Chava coerced Adam, Adam ate from the tree, snake got cursed, woman got cursed, man got cursed, end of story, they were kicked out of Gan Eden. But we all know that, that there's so much more going on over there, right? So you can read it on one level, and you can and there's and there's also the deeper levels, the allegorical levels that are found in it as well. The words of the wise and their enigmas. The Rashi says this is in reference to the commentaries of the Torah. A person cannot study Chumash or Navi without commentary. For that, Lehabdil, go open up the Bible you find in the hotel room and read the Bible. Lehabdil, don't do that. That's just, uh, I'm kidding. For, uh, how can you study the Chumash without reading uh, Perush Rashi? Without reading the Ora Haim Kadosh? Without reading the Ramban? Without reading the Eben Ezra? It's impossible. So that's a Dibrei Chachamim. You want to reach deeper levels? You want to reach Musar Askel? You want to reach a level of Chochmah you've never seen? You have to study the sages' uh, a commentary. Without it, you're just, you're just uh, uh, touching, the, not even the surface. The Vilna Gaon says, the Chidot is the actually the Agadic literature. You know all those stories that you find in the Gemara about Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. You know, last last week on our in our Parashat Shavua class, I gave a story about uh, Shimon Atzadik, how he saw a man who, uh, who was about to cut off his hair, and he's asking why did he cut off his hair. And we said, uh, he said, oh, I, I was looking in the water, I saw my reflection, a Yetzirah came over me, and I didn't want to sin, so I cut off my hair. This man was a Nazir. And Shimon Tzadik got up and gave him a kiss, because he said, I never saw a Nazir like you, and I wish more Nazirim can be like you. That's a story found in the Talmud. We spent 40 minutes dissecting that story, for those of you that remember that were there, that this man was a Gilgul of Avshalom, the son of David, and why he did what he did, and what was Avshalom's purpose, and why did he rebel, all connected to David, which was connected to Adam Rishon and Chava. That was our Thursday night shiur. If you didn't listen to it, I suggest I put the recording on the, on the, on the WhatsApp chat, or I can send you privately. But it's it, unbelievable. One little story, three lines in the Gemara. You can read that on surface level, face value. And walk out there, okay, cute little story. Shimon HaTzadik's a nice guy. He goes kiss the guy on the forehead, right? Or you study, you read the Mefarshim and you see what's this story all about. This is what the Vilna Gaon says, the Chidot. Those incredible stories that are, that often we read on us on, on surface level. It's our job. It's our job to find the deeper level. That is the words of the wise and the Chidotam and their enigmas. And that leads us to true Chokhmah. That leads us to true Musar Haskel, wise Wise discipline that will that will help us move on in this uh, this path. Now that we've learned the first six pesukim of this sefer, and therefore we've defined the author, we've defined the purpose, um, the introductory portion of this sefer now concludes over here. And next week, Bezrat Hashem, in pasuk Zayin, 
and further on, we will begin with the first mashal, the first proverb, the first, the first uh, parable that Shlomo HaMelech wishes to teach us, and we'll derive life lessons from that. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Join us again tomorrow, where Tomer Bezat Hashem will be giving a shiur, and we have again Wednesday and Thursday. And last but not least, of course, we heard the great news today that uh, the Bet Knesset is going to be opened. Hopefully, we are working on, on details and uh, the protocols and the procedures to make it a safe environment. So we're looking forward to reopening the Bet Knesset this coming Shabbat. Stay tuned for more details when, um, uh, when I'll post an official document outlining what needs to be done. Have a wonderful night, everybody. Take care.